hello, Courier Nation. Welcome to the Deliver on Your Business podcast, where you are the boss. Each week, we talk about how to make the most of your business as an independent contractor, as a courier delivering for gig economy apps like Grubhub, DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats, and so many others. Hello, Courier Nation. Welcome back for another week. And welcome especially to all the new drivers. Uh, I know there's a lot of new folks out there that are just getting started with uh, doing deliveries for DoorDash, Uber Eats, Instacart, and so many others. If that's you, if you're new, welcome aboard. Welcome to the club. And if you've been around for a while, well, welcome aboard anyway and welcome back. Just welcome, 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 welcome any of you. Folks, I've been doing this delivery gig with Grubhub. I've been doing DoorDash, Postmates, Uber Eats for, for more than two years now, and I've been doing it full-time. And for me, it has been an incredibly enjoyable way to make a living. It is so much less stress. I just, I love it. And I hope that this is something really good for you. I hope that it's a good experience. And that's what I want to try and do is help you to make the best out of the experience. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear about what got you started. I'm I'll have a link to this episode in the show notes where you can click where I've got a uh, blog post. It's pretty much about the same thing as what I'm saying in the website. It's kind of a semi-transcript or whatever. But if you can go to the bottom of the comments and let me know, uh, if you go to entrecourier.com slash 69, because this is episode 69, you can that'll take you there as well. But if you go into the comments, you know, let me know about what got you started with doing this delivery. What do you like about it? What do you dislike about it? I know that this whole pandemic has just upended everybody's life, and uh, it, I'm going to guess that it may have a lot to do with why you decided to get started with this if you're just new to this. You know, whether you were laid off, you lost your job, so this is a way to make some money in the meantime. Um, maybe you're working from home, and, or maybe you're working from home, or you're just stuck at home, and you're getting a little stir crazy, and so this is a way to get out there and getting around and about, and, and you can do it legally. I got to admit, that's probably part of what makes me go out still some. Maybe you started doing this because you just, you had to get food on the table. You know, you had to get some bills paid and the government assistance is coming or is promised. It's not going to get here that quick. So you got to do something to get some cash now. So maybe you just thought, you know what? This looks kind of interesting. Let me give it a try. So I'd love to hear your stories about all of this. Whatever your reason is for getting started. I just want to say Welcome. I know a lot of people, they get started and I see this on forums and things like that. And they say, Hey, I'm new about this. I'm new at this. Are there any tips and tricks? And usually when they say that, I'm kind of like, Oh, how much time do you got? Because folks, I got a whole website for you. Now, seriously, entrecourier.com is a website that I put together just to try and provide information and help in running your delivery business. Because it is a business. We'll get into that here in a bit. But I invite you to go and check out, uh, maybe if you want to get some information and dig in a little deeper, uh, I'm going to reference a lot of uh, episodes from the Courier MBA series. And MBA stands for Master Your Business Attitude. And so if you go to entrecourier.com slash MBA, you can get a list of all the different uh, episodes there for that. And uh, you can scroll into the uh, podcast if you're there and uh, just go through the first 31 episodes. I did a, a daily, I launched the podcast with uh, 31 daily episodes that were all about mastering your business attitude. So I invite you to go check those out or dig around on the blog. And at the bottom of uh, the page on every page, there's a list of categories and some, so you can click those if you want to pull up articles about DoorDash or about Uber Eats or about different 
business topics about running your business. If I tried to give you all the advice in one fell swoop, though, your eyes are going to glaze over. We're going to spend a lot of time. You're probably already glazing over. I don't know. But I know you're not going to stick around that long. So I wanted to make it kind of short and sweet. And then I am going to reference a lot of different articles on the website because those go into more details on each of these things. Because each one of these things, guys, I can get onto a soapbox about every one of those. So I got to be careful there about not going too long. But here's where I want to enlist those of you who are already part of the audience, because you've probably heard all of this from me before, but I do need your help. I want to get your feedback. I'd love you to go to the article here and leave your comments as far as, as you listen to this, what am I missing? What am I leaving out? What advice would you give that maybe I haven't provided here? What would you tell to somebody who's new to help them along in getting started with their delivery business? So here's my first piece of advice for you. Embrace the fact that you're not an employee. You aren't aware that you're not an employee with any of these companies, aren't you? I really hope you paid attention when you signed up because when you go through the sign-up process, they make a big deal in the language there in the agreement, if you read the agreement, that you're an independent contractor, that you're not an employee. I'm, I'm surprised how many people actually miss that, but you've got to understand this fact that you're not an employee. Understand that fact and embrace it. Now, there's good news and bad news about that. The bad news is these companies, DoorDash and Grubhub and uh, Instacart and any of these, they don't have your back. You know, they don't have your back like, not even like they should if you were an employee. You've got to know this part. You've got to understand this. You are kind of left flapping in the wind here because you're a contractor and not an employee and you don't have the protections and these companies are not looking out for you. You've just got to understand that. But if you understand that and you take care of yourself, I think you're going to be okay. But here's the deal. You don't have any employee protections. There's no guarantees. There's no minimum wage or overtime. If you're out there for 10 hours and you only make $10 for that whole 10 hours, you know, a buck an hour, they're not going to make up any difference. You don't have insurance. You don't have workers comp. If you get hurt in an accident, they're not going to pitch in. Now, a couple of them will say that they've got accident policies, but you got to be prepared to jump through a lot of hoops and you'll probably get turned down because that's just what I've heard a lot of. You're on your own. You've got to understand that. And the reality is we don't matter to these companies. They don't care for us as people. Um, They'll make a lot of noise like they do, but when it comes down to actually coming through, it just doesn't happen. And the thing is, they don't want us to be employees. And that says everything that needs to be said right there. And that stuff can be kind of sobering, but I'm going to tell you there's good news in it too. The good news is they're not your boss either. Because when you signed on, being an independent contractor means that you are operating technically and legally as a business, not as an employee. You are contracting with them as a business, not as an employee. And you know what that means? That means they're not your boss. That means that they cannot control your work. There's a lot of legal protections that you have. There are a lot of rights that you have that they don't want you to know about. But you are your own boss here. And in my book, that's a benefit that far outweighs the bad news. And think about it this way. They're not your employers, but they are your customers. That, I think, changes the dynamic dramatically. It puts you in a lot more control in the relationship than you realize. And if you grasp that control, so be the boss. So here's my second tip. Think about what you're making in terms of your profit, not about what you're getting from 
DoorDash or Uber Eats or Instacart. The money you're making is your profit. It's what's left over after your costs. It's not the money that those guys are paying you. Remember, you're running a business, okay? The money that you're getting from those companies, that's like your business's revenue, but you've got expenses. You've got a lot of costs. You've got some things that are probably higher than you realize that they are. And so you've got to kind of keep those in mind. And uh, your best way to really make any money is to keep your costs down. You've got to understand that it's not what they're giving you. It's what's left over after everything else. It starts with understanding that your car is costing you a lot more than just gas. It's not just the 10 bucks that you're popping into the gas tank, you know. That car is like a credit card on wheels. Every mile that you drive, you're pouring debt onto that card. You pay that debt when you've got to do maintenance, when you've got to do repairs, when you've got to replace the timing belt or the, the tires or anything like that. You pay that debt when you sell or trade and you get a lot less money because of those miles. Those are all costs that are directly related to the miles that you drive. And so it costs you. I mean, every mile that you drive is actually costing you money, but it's money that you've got to pay later. We don't think about that because, you know, it doesn't come out of our pocket right away, but it does cost you. And so I really recommend you check out episode 18, go to entrecourier.com slash 18 and see what your car is really costing you. I also recommend you go to andrecourier.com slash 30 or episode 30 because it talks about giving yourself a paycheck because there's a lot of other stuff that, you know, a normal job is going to cover. Most most normal jobs, you know, you've got some holiday pay or you've got some sick pay. Maybe you're building up vacation pay. We don't get any of that as an independent contractor. And yet, you know, it's, it's kind of like a you get those things paid for as an employee. So they're kind of like extras. You know, you see where I'm going with that. And now the thing is, is you can have those things, but you've got to give it to yourself. Now, this is something that I've been able to do that I've figured out a certain amount to put away every week. And that way, if I get sick, if I've got to take some time off, if it's unexpected, or if I want to take some vacation time, I've got that money that I use that as that's my pay then during those times. And that really came in handy during this pandemic when I took some time off of deliveries. So it's something that you can do. It's something I think you should do. But the, the whole bottom line that I'm getting to is that by the time you're taking your expenses, your extra taxes that you got to pay, we'll talk about that in a second, you know, any kind of benefits that you might have been getting, your earning power out of that, let's say if you made $24 an hour, it's really giving you about the same equity as a 12 to 15, maybe $18 an hour job would be giving you. You're not making as much money because of your expenses. You're not making as much money because of the other things that you've got to pay. And if you're not paying attention to those things, you're going to get in trouble. So understand the expenses, understand how much it's costing you to drive around, treat it like a business, keep your costs down, and that helps keep your profits up. And that means your earnings are up. Tip number three. This one's going to take the longest amount of time. I'll be careful about not getting too involved here. Like I said, I can really get up on a soapbox, but tip number three is pay attention to taxes. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, you got to understand this. Nobody's taking taxes out for you. You're completely on your own as far as your taxes, and that includes your Social Security and Medicare. This kind of piggybacks on number two. The idea is that, you know, the taxes are a part of the money that you're making, And here's the thing that gets us in trouble. I think it has to do with the fact that we're used to filing our income taxes. 
And with filing our income taxes, what we are used to is you've got all your deductions, your exemptions and everything. So you're used to the fact that you got to make a certain amount of money before you start owing taxes, right? But here's the thing that we don't pay attention to because we don't have to. We don't have to file our Social Security, our Medicare, our FICA taxes. We don't have to file anything with that. We see it on our pay stub, but that's about as far as it goes. And so you don't think about that. But the reality is those things are charged against every dollar you make. It doesn't matter what your exemptions are. It doesn't matter what your deductions are. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. You owe that money. When you're self-employed, you've got to take that money out yourself. And it's what's called self-employment tax. Now, here's the thing is you pay twice as much of that as a contractor as you do as an employee, because there is a part where your employer is supposed to pay half of that. Well, when you're self-employed, you're both the employer and the employee, and you got to pay both halves of that. So it's 15.3% of every dollar. There's no standard deduction. There's no exemptions every dollar. So you've got to be ready for that. Now, I've got a whole series of articles on taxes. I called it the tax guide. If you go to entrecourier.com slash tax dash guide, and you can see, you know, all the different things that are written out about a lot of different topics relating to taxes. So I've got that there so that you can go into a lot more depth. What I would really recommend you do is you start with an article that I've got in there. It's the last article in that series. It's about how much to save because that's the first part that you really want to start paying attention to is, is saving that money for your taxes. You can go to entrecourier.com slash tax dash savings, entrecourier.com slash tax savings. And, and that'll get a little more into detail with that. Here's a couple of quick points that I want to cover about your taxes. First, your taxes are based on your profit not your earnings. That's good news. What that means is if you got $1,000 from Instacart, you don't pay taxes on $1,000. You pay taxes on what's left over after your expenses. And this is uh, this helps you a lot because the higher the expenses, that means the lower that your profits and the lower that your taxes. Now, the second thing you want to realize here is you don't have to itemize to claim those expenses. I think a lot of people have this misconception that I can't claim expenses because I don't make enough. I don't have enough deductions to itemize. Well, you don't have to because your expenses for your business are reported in a completely different place. They're not part of your itemized or standard deductions. You can claim your expenses as a business owner, even if you take the standard deduction. The third thing is that means you've got to track your expenses. You don't have a reason not to. And and unless, unless you just like paying extra taxes, you know, if you want to give your money away to the IRS, have at it. But you've got to have a record of your expenses to be able to claim them. So here's the bottom line is you're running a business and that means you've got to keep some records. Going from that, your next thing about taxes is your biggest expense is your miles. And the IRS makes it real easy with miles because they don't require you to track every little cost. It's not a bad idea to do it, but you don't have to worry about tracking every gallon of gas that you put in your car and every oil change and all of those things because you have a choice. You can either take just a 57 and a half cent per mile deduction or you can add up all those other things. And I would say 90 to 95% of the time, the 57 and a half cents per mile is a better deduction for you anyway. Here's what it means. If you made $1,000, you drove 1,000 miles, you can claim that 57 and a half cents. That means you're claiming $575 in expenses. And we go back to point number one. What that means is 
you're only paying taxes on $425, not on the $1,000. But you have to track your miles. You've got to track them to be able to claim them. You have, you've got to state in your taxes that you've got a written record. And so here's the deal, folks. You're literally getting paid to track your miles. So I would recommend you go to uh, entrecourier.com slash miles. There's an article on there about what the IRS requires and what you've got to do to track those miles. And finally, you've got to save your money for your taxes. I mentioned the article already, but pay attention, save your money, put it aside where you can't spend it, track your miles, save for taxes. You've got to do this. So here's my fourth tip. And that is to accept and reject orders as if you were the boss. Because you are. Do not, do not, do not get into this employee of the year mentality that says I've got to keep my metrics up to what these companies want me to be and then maybe they'll reward me. Because they won't. I've, I've, uh, I've been on both sides of that. And I will tell you that the, uh, the benefits from my perspective that I've seen of accepting all the orders they want you to accept do not outweigh how much extra it costs you to just take everything that they throw at you. But here's the deal. You are not an employee and they don't reward you for acting like one. And here's the deal. You know, people will tell you that, uh, hey, you're not really a business owner because you can't set your prices, right? You know, these companies, they set all their delivery fees. They tell you what it's going to be. Well, I'm going to tell you that you can't accept your prices because you're accepting your prices by what deliveries you choose to accept or not accept. Think about it this way. Let's say you own a candy store. Your candy that you're selling, it costs you 25 cents a piece. But because of your overhead, your rent, uh, employees, whatever your costs are, you've got to sell that for 50 cents just to break even as a business, right? Well, a customer walks in and says, hey, I'll give you 10 cents for this piece of candy. Nobody in their right mind is going to say you're wrong for rejecting that 10 cent offer because you've got to make, you've got to make at least what it costs you and you got to make enough to be able to keep your business running. Well, that's kind of what's happening with some of these low paying deliveries and especially these long ones. So when DoorDash is asking you to drive seven miles and they only want to give you $3, that's not that much different than offering you 10 cents for that 50 cent candy. But here's the deal. When you're a contractor, they cannot, they absolutely can not legally require you to accept orders. They gave that right up when they made you a contractor. And the number one rule when you're dealing with contractors is you cannot control the work of the contractor. And uh, these companies, they've been sued and they've lost a lot of money because they've tried to do that in the past. So do not be pressured into taking deliveries that don't make sense. Now, my best advice is you got to pay close attention to the delivery offers you get. And and really the best advice that I can give you, if you want something just really, really super simple, the faster, the better. If you can get that delivery done really quick, I think it's more likely to be worth taking no matter what the dollar amount than if it's going to take a long time to deliver. And if that delivery is going to take 45 minutes to an hour even if that's a $15, $20 delivery, it's usually not that good of a deal because it takes so much time. Now, I have found, I've done a lot of measuring, I've tested, I've measured some more. And what I found is that the amount of time that a delivery is going to take is going to be a better indicator of what your profit per hour is going to be than what the dollar amount is that's attached to it. 
pay more attention to how quickly you can get the delivery done. And I think you're going to be in good shape. Go for short and fast. Now, if you want some more detail, a little more depth into advice on that, I recommend a couple of episodes or the articles that go with them. Episode eight, it kind of sets the stage because it talks about how important it is to understand your profit per hour. So if you go to entrecourier.com slash eight, and you understand that your best measurement is how much your profit is for every hour that you're doing your work. In episode 12, I go into depth about uh, the 40 cent rule and using that to evaluate deliveries. And here's that rule in a nutshell, nutshell, um, entrecourier.com slash 12. And basically it just says, if a delivery pays 40 cents a minute, it's good. And if it's not 40 cents a minute, then don't take it. And even if that delivery is like $20 plus, if it's not paying you that $24 an hour or whatever your rate is that you set, it's just not worth taking. Profit per hour is so important. The bottom line is you want to get good at figuring out how long a delivery is going to take. You want to start to be able to understand how long the restaurant's going to take to get that food ready, how long it's going to take you to drive to the restaurant, to the customer. And once you get a feel for that, you're going to get really, really good at making decisions about your deliveries. But the bottom line is you get to be the one to make the decisions. It is on you to decide whether or not that delivery meets your price. Set your price. Be the boss. Tip number five is make sure you're insured. Because you may not realize this, but you probably are not insured when you're doing deliveries. Here's the deal. Most personal insurance policies, they've got language in there that says that if you're doing delivery work, if you're doing commercial work, different things like that, they will not cover you if you're in an accident. And that means while you're doing deliveries, you are uninsured. And my question to you is, can you afford to pay for somebody else's car if it gets damaged? Can you afford to pay the balance on your loan if you owe money on yours, if your car gets totaled? Do not, I repeat, do not take another delivery until you know for sure that you're insured. It's just too risky. Now, I'm, I've got three steps that you can do. I'm just going to cover them real quick. I've got links to an article in the show notes that go into a little more detail about the things that you can do. But here are the steps in a nutshell. Number one, find out. Check your policy. Call your agent if you have to. Look for any kind of information that says you're excluded for, there, there's a word that they call livery, which stands for transporting goods or passengers for hire. And that includes delivery. And that's usually used in a lot of policies to say, yeah, we don't cover you there. And, uh, or are you excluded for using commercial purposes? Find out. You've got to find this out. Step two is if you're not covered, find out from your insurance agent, can you add on an endorsement? Can you add on something called a writer? It's, it's like an addition to your policy that says, okay, now you are covered for this. Some insurance companies have that. Some don't. I was on Liberty Mutual a couple of years ago and they did not have it. So I had to go somewhere else, but find out because if they do have that, that's prob- that's a much better way than trying to go and change your insurance policy. But your third step then is if you're not covered and they do not have an option, then you've got to change your insurance that, or you got to quit doing deliveries because you should not absolutely should not take a delivery if you're not insured. It's just irresponsible. It's stupid. Okay. So do not go out and deliver if you're not insured. And there's a couple of ways that you can do this. You could go out and you can get quotes for commercial insurance. 
Uh, I've got an affiliate link for uh, one company that they deal with a lot of different commercial insurance companies. They'll take your phone call or they'll take your, you you can uh, sign up online. They get your information and they'll say, okay, this is the company that fits you the best. And then they'll direct you to that company. The other thing you can do is you can get an independent insurance agent and they can go through personal policies and they can see if they've got commercial policies that might fit and then give you a number of quotes. I would say try both because the more options you have, the better chance you have of finding something that works well. I went through this whole process myself just recently. I was on Geico commercial for the last two years and then they really cranked up my premium. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go out and follow my own advice. And, uh, Bottom line was I actually got a policy that uh, saved me a lot of money. And so you can read that policy. You can read that process. I've got the link for that in the show notes as well. Okay. We're breezing along here. Uh, Number six, do not rely on just one customer. Now, remember what I said earlier, Grubhub's not your boss. DoorDash isn't your employer. Those are your customers. And I'm going to tell you that in most businesses, and including in ours, I think it's just bad business to rely on just one customer. Now, are you you new to DoorDash? Because if you are, you've probably, if you've been delivering very much lately, you've probably experienced one of their app crashes. It happens a lot. Get ready for it. Get used to it. DoorDash, their app just sucks. And that's, that's the reality. And here's the thing is, is like uh, if maybe you're doing Uber Eats, or DoorDash, um, those are two of them that are notorious. Postmates is this way in a lot of cases where sometimes you can be real busy and then all of a sudden it sounds like they're busy, but you're not getting anything. And the reason is because they've got too many drivers out there for the number of orders they have. I talked to a driver here in uh, the Denver area that uh, um, he had called in to support with Uber Eats and they told him that, yeah, uh, right now there are 600 drivers logged in and they've only got 300 orders going on. It's just, it gets that way when they've got way too many drivers out there. And what that means is you're sitting around twiddling your thumbs. And if the app's not working or if they're oversaturated and you're not getting orders, you can't make money. That's why you've got to have some alternatives. You've got to have some different things that you can go to. And um, you can you can keep earning money then when your go-to company is slow, when they're dead in the water, when it's not working. And um, here's the deal that I have found. You know, I've, I've got, um, I've done some comparisons on uh, all the different companies. The bottom line is I'm making about the same amount of money per hour on deliveries with any of these companies. It's all averaging out about the same thing. So it's not that one is always going to be better than the other. But what I would tell you to do is get signed up on other platforms. And so Uber Eats, they can be a great platform for a secondary source. And for some people, the primary source, if they weren't oversaturated, they would probably be my primary right now, to be totally honest. But you can easily log in and out at will. I'll have a a link for where you can sign up with them, where you can sign up with DoorDash as well. DoorDash can be very steady and uh, sometimes not so steady. But here's the thing is you just want to have a lot of different options. I've got some sign-up links for those two. I do not have one with Grubhub because they don't do any kind of referral programs or anything. Now, I want to make sure that I'm very clear. These are referral links. And what that means is, is if you sign up with them, sometimes there's going to be some bonuses for you by doing that, that you wouldn't get straight up. And sometimes I'll get a referral fee. Now, as of the uh, recording of this right now, neither of those companies is paying anything out right now because they've got so many people signing up. They don't need to pay any kind of referral fees. But here's the deal is what I really recommend is get onto as many platforms as you can and get a feel for how they work. 
And as you get more comfortable with each of them and how they work and just how things work with that, then you can start doing uh, what I call multi-apping, you know, which is uh, working for more than one platform at the same time. And uh, I talk about that a little more in episode 14. It's a good way to increase your money. You got to be careful with it because, but when it's done right, it can increase your earnings without slowing down deliveries, without making other people late. But you just got to really pay close attention to all the different offers that come in. Number seven, the last tip that I've got here, think like a business owner. I know this sounds a little bit like number one, where I said, you know, understand you're a business owner, but I want you to think like one, not just understand it, but think like one. Do not think like an employee. Because here's the thing. When you become a business owner, you can take control. You become accountable. There's parts of that that sound maybe a little scary because here's the thing. None of these platforms owe you a penny. You do not have guarantees. If you fail, as a business owner, you can really only blame yourself. You can't blame these different delivery platforms. I know that doesn't sound great, but I'm going to tell you also that when I started adopting that attitude, it was so freeing. It was just, I, I don't even know how to put it into words because here's the deal is you're not at anybody's mercy now. You can't be their victim because it's all on you. You've got control. You know what I'm saying? And, and when you've got control, these companies, they can't exploit you. You can't be the victim of what they're doing because you're the one calling the shots of what you're doing. And so you see the good, you see the bad that these companies do, and then you get to make choices. You're the one making your business decisions and not them. And you treat those companies like your customers and not your bosses. And I tell you what, it makes a hugest difference as far as your outlook, as far as what you're doing, and as far as how you feel about the way things happen. Now, there's responsibilities that come when you've got customers. I think a lot of people, they kind of get the wrong idea about this, you know, being an independent contractor just means, well, I can just do whatever the hell I want to do, right? But you're a business owner and you've got customers. And if you're not treating your customers well, you won't have customers. You see what I'm saying with that? So you've you've got to kind of take it uh, from a business approach and... I think there's proactive things you can do. You know, one thing I do is I wear a uniform. If you look at my branding on the website, it's, you know, it's my fedora, it's my dress shirt, it's my bow tie. I'm not doing the bow tie that often, but everything else. And because, but the thing about it is, is that I approach this as a professional and I'm a professional with the restaurants, with the people that I deliver to. And, and I think it makes a big difference. And it also, I think it gives me I don't know. You know, there's a sense of power in just taking control for yourself. So here's where I would go back again to what I said at the beginning, and that is go check out the 31 day MBA series. Now there's, there's, it's, it's in written form and it's uh, the first 31 episodes on the podcast as well. The master your business attitude, because it really does walk through all of these things that just come around. It really all rolls up into thinking like a business owner. So there you have it seven tips, seven ideas. I hope they're really useful for you. I think you can roll them up into one overriding piece of advice. And that is take control, be the boss. Part of taking control is being responsible. It's setting money aside for your car. It's making sure that your business is taken care of whenever there are issues. And so you keep track of your expenses, your miles, set aside your tax money, all those different things. Part of it is you're making business decisions. You're running this like a business. And if you take that attitude, if you take control, I think you're going to find yourself doing a lot better. You're going to feel a lot better about what you're doing. 
than if you take an employee mindset and just let yourself feel like a victim when things don't go well. These companies, you know what? They're going to do things like uh, they cut delivery fees. You know what? They cut my fees and I made more money. Uber Eats did that recently, and it was a huge slash in in, uh, what they've cut from what they're paying us. And the crazy thing is I'm making a lot more money with Uber Eats than ever. It's because I took control rather than playing the victim. I looked for the things that it's like, okay, how does this work for me? And, and it just, it makes a difference when you take control because now nobody's cutting your prices on you. Uh, You get to take control of your own destiny. So adapt, adjust, take your business into your own hands. I think you can do fantastic. Now, maybe you're only planning to do this for a few weeks until things open up again. Maybe this has been a pleasant surprise, and you might be planning on doing this for a while. I know there's probably some of you that are thinking, you know, this could make a good full-time gig. And there are times that it can. I do it full-time. But if you want to really make this work, the key to your success is to take control. That's what this whole podcast is about. That's what the website's about, provide information to, and encouragement to help you think like a business owner. But in the end, it is up to you to be the boss. 